Well, good morning for foundation. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> if you're watching us live right now, I am in the comfort of my home and I am live right now. I wanted to talk to you this morning, but if you're watching, go ahead and click share. Go, go ahead and inbox somebody, text somebody this message on this morning. But we just want to worship God in spirit and in truth on today. Um, give me some hearts. Tell me good morning. Tell your neighbors good morning in the chat box. But we're grateful to join you in worship today. I see you, Yolanda. I see you, Danny. I see you, Pamela. I see you, Tara. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We're glad this morning because God is still on the throne. We're alive. We still have breath in our bodies. And God has blessed us to see another day. And I just thank you for choosing to worship with us on today. My heart is full. My heart is full. And I praise God. Thank you to the music ministry for ushering in the spirit of God on this morning. And so today, we really want to talk about creating something new, creating something new, creating something new, creating something new. We had a message that was similar to this a few months ago, and it was really about us breaking out of the monotony of our everyday life and amplifying our own energy and creativity through stillness to create something new in our lives. And so in order to create something new, you must number one, believe that change is possible. Do you believe that change is possible? And number two, you must have the ability to see something new in your mind's eye before it even manifests in this realm, before it even manifests in this realm. And so we're not just waiting on an angel to drop off something to us, but we believe that we are co-creators with God. And if those principles are true on an individual basis and in our personal lives, we must accept that those principles are also true on a collective level, on a collective level. So for those of us who labor for change in the world, um, we keep going because we have the ability to see something new and we trust that God has empowered us to co-create something new. And we don't give over to complaint. We don't give over to apathy, but we fight for a better world for all people because we know it's just not about us, me, myself, and I, and my household, but we consider all people. And we function on an energy and a source that is greater than ourselves. And if the Holy Spirit can empower us, empower us to change our individual lives, then rest assured that same power can help us change the world. The best thing that you can offer the world right now, no matter where you are, no matter how much money you make, no matter whose family you're in, no matter what side of the tracks you're on right now in 2020 is to be on purpose. Even after gaining a new president, it is best that you discover your own purpose. And once you have it, remove the brakes and operate fully in it. Operate fully in your purpose. And so this morning, I want to talk about a couple of barriers that we have in creating something new. Um, barriers that we have in creating something new. If you've gotten my book, you know I've spent a great deal of time talking about the individual barriers, the barriers that we have in our individual lives to creating something new. But today I want to talk about it from a collective level. I want to talk about our barriers as the people of God. 
Um, Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. Salt of the earth should impact, it should influence, it should preserve, it should savor. Um, we represent the kingdom of God here on earth. We are God's ambassadors. But when you look around, how do you feel our impact is going or has gone? So one of the things I want to talk about this morning is dominant narratives. Dominant narratives. Just as many of us lead our lives, our personal lives, based on what we see on television or on social media, Many of us allow mainstream media and their PR tactics to make us apathetic. And once we reach apathy, we no longer believe change is possible. Once we re reach apathy, we lose our sense of imagination, which is vital for co-creation. Mainstream media always has a motive and it has an agenda, which is why we must be careful with all that we consume. And some outlets push only the dominant narrative um, through their commercials, through their programming. Even some of the Christian stations and pastors have been ill-filtrated by the dominant narrative. And some are so far removed from the plight of minority social groups that even their preaching is ineffective and shallow and based on theories and not actualities. You catch that some can be so far removed from the plight of minority social groups that their preaching is ineffective and shallow. The problem with dominant narratives is this, they are created by power structures. They are created by people with the power, um, according to the world's terminology and the world's definition of power. They, they privilege the dominant culture, privileges dominant social groups. They narrative, these narratives leave out those who are pushed to the margins of society. Those that we're supposed to care about, the disinherited, the orphans, the widows, and the least of these. And these words are not just my words, but we are supposed to care about these people groups because Jesus said so. The Bible tells us so. And so we've allowed this line of thinking to infiltrate our churches. Case in point, this year, at the beginning of 2020, we saw on the media everywhere, children being separated from their family at the border, parents separated from their children. We were traumatized when we saw these kids seemingly wrapped in aluminum foil, sleeping on flo floors away from their mothers and their fathers behind fences and entrapments. We saw this with our own eyes and an uproar, Jeff Sessions comes along with the dominant interpretation an out of context interpretation of a passage in the book of Romans, trying to make us think that it was God's will to separate children from their parents. God's will is that America not produce orphans. God's will is that kids not be in concentration camps. God's will is not that families be torn apart in the name of good government and protecting our sacred borders. That is not God's will. And it doesn't take much for us to find passages of scripture that back us up when I say that. That is not God's will. But if you notice, the media shifted quickly to something else. With good PR, it fell out of all of our minds. But I want to say something this morning. America does not have a monopoly on God. Paula White does not have a monopoly on God. We are subject to the same judgment of the nations in the Old Testament that they were subject to. 
And we cannot become drunk with the wine of power and materialism in our houses and our cars that we forget about God and forget that Jesus said that his disciples are the salt of the earth. And the church must move to a point of breaking the silence. While Fox 6 and CNN stopped covering the sin and mistreatment happening at the border in the name of good government, in the name of safety, we find today that 545 children, 545 children are no longer with their parents and the system cannot locate their parents. So you're telling me you separated children from their parents, but now you're not able to put them back together. This is, we're in 11 months into the year and this has been going on. If we are the side of the earth, what's our stance? Do we only care about American children? Do we only care about the children in our community? Politicians take the easy way out and advocate for the unborn. Many Christians cast their vote based on one thing, the topic of abortion. But what about the kids down at the border in United States concentration camps? What about those children? Regardless of what you say, there is a better way and there was a better, better way to handle that situation. But many times we allow the media and good PR to make us look through issues through the dominant culture's lens and through the dominant culture's social group's lens, the majority lens, those in power through their lens and children of God, we're supposed to see God's will and God stands on issues. Some of us put on the lens of the American administration and forgot all about the passages in the Bible that speaks for the orphans and the strangers and the foreigners. As the body of Christ, we must detect dominant narratives, reject them, and like the prophets of the Bible, introduce the plight of those who have been pushed to the margins of society into the conversation. The United States must be careful. We must be careful. We are creating orphans and splitting families right here on our own soil. We've always done it somewhere else and we've been doing it here, but now we're doing it on a larger scale and we don't even care about it being in the media in the name of protecting borders. There's a passage I love to hear Christians quote from Matthew 25, 35 through 37. I'm gonna give you a few seconds to find it in your Bibles. Matthew 25, verse 35 through 37. And in this text, Jesus is talking about the judgment of the nations, Matthew 25, 35 through 37. Danny, type it in the chat box for him. And it reads, all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right and goats on the left. And then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food and I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. 
I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and we gave you food? Or thirsty and we gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you and na or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did to the least of these who are members of my family, you did also to me. That text is talking about the judgment of the nations. Walter Brueggemann describes the prophets of the Bible as those who were in, emancipated imaginers of the alternative. Emancipated imaginers of the alternative. Meaning they have been free, liberated from the dominant thinking of their society. The question I have for you today, have you been emancipated from the dominant thinking of our society and put on the mind of Christ. Chances are if you spend a lot of time on network TV or uh, you are being programmed, that's why they call it programming. And network TV can produce such a feeling of being apathetic that you cannot do anything about anything, that that is out of your reach. And when we become apathetic, we say statements like, it doesn't matter who's president. And I need you to consider your logic before we say those statements so loosely because they are very apathetic statements. When we say it doesn't matter, it does matter who's president. A person in that position can linguistically unleash violence on a whole, on whole people groups. And that is what happened in these last four years. A person can rally troops that have agendas against God's agenda. And our agenda should be God's agenda. So please don't make statements like it doesn't matter who's the president. You are insinuating that it doesn't matter how people cast their votes. It does matter who's president. It does matter who sits on the Supreme Court. This is the system in 2020 in which we operate. And your understanding of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus should help you understand that we are called to serve others. And so maybe in the plight of your life, Maybe you've gotten it so well off that you don't have time to think about somebody else and laws and policies being signed into law that strip other people of their rights and tear down families. Maybe you've gotten so far that you can make those loose statements, but not on my watch. Disciples are called to fight for others, to seek and fight for the best of others in all ways that we can. Again, it is not just about you. This is the system in which we operate. And if we think about desegregation, it didn't just happen. There were laws and policies that changed. It mattered who our prophets were, just as it mattered who was in political office and who was in political power. So it matters who sits in the Senate. It matters who sits in Congress. It matters who the Eternal General is. If we aren't careful, we can become so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. Yes, 46 is here, but guess what? We have work to do. Not just for ourselves, but for those whose voices are muffled by society. 
And just like Jesus and the prophets of the Bible, we should forever be lifting up their plight and introducing their situation into the conversation, introducing their situation into the narrative. Because if we don't, they will get left out of the conversation. We have work to do and God has empowered you. God has empowered me to create something new. Amen. Go ahead and chat and, and say amen in the chat box if you agree with this statement that God has empowered you to create something new, not just in your own life, but to help co-create something new in our world that God would be pleased with. I want to live in places that God is pleased with, and that means I have to be willing to do my part. I can no longer sit on the sidelines, sit on the, the bench and critique everybody who comes along. At some point, we must make the decision to get in the game. And God will empower you. There's a power in the universe that will rise to meet you when you rise to the occasion. And so now I want to address something. Really want to address this. Many may say, you know, pay that no attention, but I want to address this because it is all across the internet um, and it is concerning Paula White's prayers. And here's the main problem I have with her prayer being done publicly across media outlets, live on Facebook, live streamed. Paula White was having this public prayer and engaging in some level in her mind of spiritual warfare, and she did this live. But her prayer was in the territory of witchcraft. Here's the, why. It's not because she called on African angels. Some of us need to call um, on African angels, um, but it's not that. The timing of her prayer. Her vote had all, the votes had already been cast. The will of the people had already been made. But we find her calling on supernatural entities to change the will of the people. So not only are you attempting to change and make heaven say something on your behalf, on behalf of your own agenda, you are now wanting to override the will of another person or another group of people which through prayer and warfare, which is spiritual manipulation which is witchcraft. See, we don't need smoke and tools and incense and, and objects to be in the territory of witchcraft. But when you get to a point in your prayers where you want to override somebody else's stated will, you are in the territory of witchcraft. God does not condone cheating. God does not encourage manipulation. The will of God is the will of God and the will of man is the will of man. And the two wills are two different things. But if you notice when we come to Jesus, even Jesus does not force himself on us that we make a choice and we always have the choice to choose. And so God's will does not contra contradict God's will. God does not contradict God's self just for our, our own agenda. And if you found yourself in any area of your life trying to use supernatural entities and call on things and use spiritual principles to override the stated will of another person in any situation, you are on a slippery slope and you're operating in witchcraft. I want to be clear that the Lord's prayer says, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. It does not say 
the will in heaven be done as on earth. Heaven reigns, heaven rules, God rules. And so we have to be careful with our manner of prayer. It's one thing to ask God for something in your personal life, but when you start trying to override the will of a, of a person or another person group, people had already casted their votes. So at this point, it was all about using spiritual principles and PR to try to manipulate and to call an army that will come and stop the vote count. God does not operate like that. God does not operate like that. And we don't get to play with God. We don't get to play with spiritual principles. We don't get to tinker with other people's lives and their stated will just because God has placed us in a position. And so let that be a lesson for you. A lot of the stuff we said on social media, it's funny, but what she did was really serious. And she misused her seat and her position for political gain and her own agenda. And so I wanted to leave that with you today. I don't want to leave you ignorant. I don't want to leave you questioning what she was doing. I knew exactly what she was doing. But we must be careful when we start lifting up prayers and saying God said something that is not so when it's something based on the ballots being counted. If anything, you pray that prayer before the election, not afterwards. And so I love you with the love of Christ. I love you so much that I won't allow you to be ignorant. I won't allow myself to be ignorant. I will not allow us to kind of tinker off into, but if you pay attention, a lot of people pray in that way and we want to override other people's will and God has not ever asked us, ever asked us to do that. And so want to remind you that there's a power in the universe that will meet you when you rise to the occasion. There's a power that will and can amplify your efforts when you're working on behalf of justice and on behalf of God. I want to remind you that greater is he that is within you. Listen, greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. And if we're the salt of the earth, we need to understand that we can walk into rooms and change the entire atmosphere if we have God on the inside of us and have our minds in the right place and we're focused on our assignment. I want you to stop living life so loosely and understand wherever God has placed you, you are on assignment right here in 2020. I don't care who you are and how you feel about yourself, but I want you to know that God is on the inside of you. And because of that, baby, you are powerful. You are powerful. You have nothing to fear. God is with you, but we have work to do. Amen. I want to remind you that you can go to our website to find out how to give online, um, to give into this vibrant, growing ministry. But it's a joy to see all of you today. Yes, we are excited about the change in leadership because there's simply some people who do not have the character or the energy or the vibration to be in leadership. It matters who our leaders are. It does matter who our leaders are because they have a platform that they can do so much damage that will take years to undo. And we have seen that happen. So I rejoice on this morning at an opportunity for something new. God bless you. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, Rest, rule, and abide with all of you henceforth and forevermore. May you go in peace. May you be covered. May you remember to serve your neighbor this week. May the angels of God protect you in your coming and in your going. Amen. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.